0: you pray with me, please? Be with us this morning, God. Quiet our hearts. May our spirits be still, that we might hear from you. Amen. About that day and hour, we do know. Jesus, of course, tells his disciples in our gospel lesson for today that about that day and hour, no one knows, but we do know, right? We know very well what that day and hour will be like. We, of course, haven't seen it yet, but we know what it will be like because the very character of Jesus, because the very essence of his teaching, because the very nature of his resurrection, because all of these things give us unmistakable insight into what that day and hour will be like. We know through these things that come that day and hour, peace will permeate this broken earth. We know that come that day and hour, justice will roll down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. We know that come that day and hour, exploitation will cease and crying and death will be no more. And we know that come that day and hour, goodness will triumph over evil and that the light will drive out the darkness completely. We know because the character of Christ reveals this to us. We know this because the essence of his teaching points to this for us. We know this because the substance of his miracles exemplifies this for us. And we know this because the very nature of his resurrection prefigures this for us. And so, yes, about that day and hour, we do know. We just don't know when that day and hour will be. Now, this, of course, is what Jesus means in Matthew chapter 24, when he says that about that day and hour, no one knows. He means that no one knows when that day and hour will be. And this is, of course, true, and therefore we waste a great deal of time and energy as Christians speculating upon it. But we do know about that day and hour, what it will be like. And therefore that is what we as the Christian church are called to reflect upon as we consider passages such as these that deal with the promised return of the risen and ascended Christ Jesus. Not to focus on the circumstances of its occasion. In other words, not to focus on whether it will be attended with lightning and thunder, whether the skies will be bright or dark, whether Jesus will arrive in a parachute or in a hot air balloon. Instead, no, we are called simply to reflect upon what the state of things come that day, will be like love, justice, goodness, peace, kindness, mercy, and forgiveness forevermore. And let us remember as Christians, this is not just, in our view, a pie-in-the-sky fantasy. This is not just utopian here-and-now idealism. This is, for us instead, a divine promise. A coming reality that we believe was first given voice by the Old Testament prophets was later preached about by Jesus, the incarnate God, was then demonstrated by him in all of the aspects of his incarnation, was made visible for us in his resurrection, and was then given stunning poetic description for us in the revelation of St. John. Through all of these things, we believe as Christians That we know what the kingdom of God on the new earth, what the reality ushered in by Christ's return. Through all such things as these we believe as Christians, we have insight into that we know something about what that day and hour will be like. And so then the promise of Christ's return calls us to focus upon and never be distracted from the content of that vision. For the return of Christ reminds us that the coming kingdom of God on earth, that its realization is what all of history has been in the Christian mind about. For Christ's coming at that unexpected hour, the Christian believes, is the end. But not just the end of time as we know it, though it is in a sense that too, but more significantly still, far more significantly still, it is, the Christian believes, the end to which everything on earth has all this time been headed, where it's been going, what it's all been about. From the very beginning, for Christ's coming in glory, we believe, is the moment when Jesus, this earth's rightful Lord, He who was inaugurated as Lord by His resurrection, and He who assumed authority through His ascension, Christ's return, Christ's coming with His kingdom, we as Christians believe, is the moment when Jesus in a manner concordant with his own resurrection, likewise resurrects all those who've died in faith. And when here upon this redeemed earth, now living under Christ's righteous and loving rule, the state of affairs always intended for humanity finds eternal fulfillment. This, we as Christians believe, is the end. This, we as Christians believe, is the Purpose that the kingdom of God on earth will one grand glorious day be fully realized. Will become a real actual fact. This state of things is what we as Christ followers believe on faith. All of history has been heading toward. And here's why talk such as this, and here's why focusing on the content of this coming reality matters. Why it's more than just theological navel-gazing. It matters because if we really do believe this is how things will be then then it follows that we are called to live today as if things were already that way now. Do you follow that? If we really believe it, if we really believe this is what it's for and where it's going, then it means we are to live in accordance with that way now. Therefore, we know that as Christians we are called to work for peace in all we do now. Because we know that come that day, that is how it will be then. We know as Christians that we are called to work for justice and live lives of righteousness now. Because we know that come that day, that's how things will be then. We know as Christians we are called to be merciful to one another today and to offer goodwill toward everyone now because we know come that day, that is how things will be then. So no, we don't know when that day and hour will be. But yes, we do know what that day and hour will be like. So therefore you must be ready, says Jesus to his disciples. Pointing to these things. Therefore you must be ready, says Jesus to his disciples, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. The Son of Man is coming. and He's coming at an unexpected hour. There's something about this idea that grates against our late modern sensibilities. Am I right? The return of Christ at an unexpected hour. Can we really believe such things? We, many of us wonder. Thus many of us bristle at biblical passages such as this. For such passages and such things sound to us fantastical, painfully pre-modern and hopelessly unscientific. Am I right? But I urge us today to look square in the face of such passages and take them at face value. For if, say, the Heisenberg uncertainty principle assures us that everything happening at the quantum level of reality is indeterminate, in other words, that everything taking place at that foundational level of reality is necessarily unpredictable and unexpected, And if, say, string theory now holds that infinitesimally small particles of reality can and do, indeed, suddenly and inexplicably, give way and give rise to realities that are cosmic in scale and proportion, and if, say, M-theory holds that there are other dimensions to reality in which and from which material bodies can pass from dimension to dimension, then if so, if what we in our human limitation through physics can know about reality, and it describes such seemingly fantastical things such as these as not only possible but in fact as actual, as things happening right now, if so, then why on earth are we ashamed or embarrassed at the claim that the one who created all of it could indeed take on human form, could indeed ascend in that glorified human form from this dimension to another and could indeed return in unexpected fashion, giving rise to an all-new reality that is cosmic in scale and proportion. No, let us not bristle at such passages, And not let us be overly literalistic about them either. Let us instead simply glean from them as faithful people that which we are meant to glean. Which is that when that day and hour will be, we don't and cannot possibly know. But that what that day and hour will be like, we have indeed been given concrete information. So then let us, dear family, heed the Apostle Paul's words. Let us not grow weary in doing what is right, for we will reap at harvest time if we do not give up. So let us sow love now, for if any of this is true, love is what will flourish then. And so let us sow peace now, for peace is what will flourish Then, and let us sow justice now, for justice is what will flourish. Then, and let us sow kindness and goodness and self-control today, for such are the way things will be come that unexpected hour. Yes, dear family, as the prophet long ago said, there is a vision for the appointed time. So let us live in accordance with that vision today. And all God's people said, amen. And I will be down front now to receive any this day who might want to orient their lives around the risen and ascended Lord, calling Him Lord and Savior. Any who might this day want to rededicate